1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. No one is is, is, is is
2: more locked in.
1: From Thursday to Monday, no one
2: is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipolo. All right, thanks for being with us. First in pod, subscribe, rate, review, Danny Parkins, Andrew Filippone. We're going to get to big questions for the South divisions, NFC South, AFC South, in a little bit. But it is Combine Week. We're recording this on a Thursday, so when you're listening to this on Friday or over the weekend, there will be more information on how the quarterbacks did at the Combine Pony. But I am hard-pressed to believe that there will be a bigger story then potentially the number one overall player in the draft, Jalen Carter, being basically served with a arrest warrant uh, thirty minutes before he was supposed to hit the podium with two misdemeanor charges related to the fatal crash uh, of a teammate and a staffer on Georgia football. Obviously, the tragedy is the biggest part of the story, but the football side of it with Jalen Carter. He says he will be completely exonerated, which kind of blew my mind as a statement, uh, given that the police say they have surveillance footage from street cameras there. It seems like that might be some pretty black and white evidence. How big of a deal do you think this is going to be for his draft stock?
1: I think it'll be kind of a big deal. I won't go as far as to say that he's going to have uh, like a... Randy Moss or Warren Sapp slide. I don't think he's going to be waiting in the green room. I don't even think this is Laramie Tunsil with the gas mask the night of the draft. So you think uh, he's a top ten pick still? Yes, I do. Uh, I think everybody kind of owes Todd McShay an apology. There was this big rush to Barry McShay for some of the things he said about Jalen Carter. Uh, he must have had good information. On this guy, because, you know, the story that was told to the police, differing stories twice. And I'm guessing that there were people around the Georgia football program and even people in the NFL who knew about that part of things that he initially said that he heard an explosion at his apartment and drove over like a good Samaritan to see what had happened and then the second version was he was driving behind them when the accident occurred. So the accident happened and he left the scene of the accident for I think like 2 hours allegedly and then came back. So it's only they're only misdemeanor charges Danny which that means to put my legal head on you know the the absolute maximum he could do is a year in jail. To make a comparison Willie McGinnis, for getting in that bar fight from the NFL Network, just got hit with two felonious charges for his role in that, which I think kind of puts things in perspective in the eyes of the law, just how egregious they think what Carter did is. And I think that in the end, unless teams think that he is a risk to do more stuff like this, And is someone that has, you know, bad intentions or is somebody that really doesn't put football first and just fools around and does reckless things, I think he'll still end up in the top 10, Danny. The talent's too great. The the talent's amazing and it's a premium position. Uh, He does have the
2: speeding ticket for going 89 miles an hour in a 45. So, and then there's this, you know, drag racing incident leaving a strip club at 2.30 in the morning, going to a Waffle House, leaving the scene of an accident. And of course, this is all allegedly, and we know that police reports often are not accurate. But again, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reporting seems to give a lot of veracity to the point of there's cameras and there's witnesses and there's a 911 call where people are mentioning his name. So it seems- And I like the
1: first two parts of that. I like celebrating a national championship with a trip to Waffle House and a trip to the strip club. It's the it's the drag racing, it's the fast and furious aspect of this that I have a problem with.
2: Uh yeah, no abs- absolutely, uh you know I'm right there with you. Uh sounds like a good time until it wasn't, but it's um the the lying and if you like let's say the version of events are true. You're driving 100 miles an hour, you see a crash. Of the other car that you're racing that you know has friends, teammates, yeah, in the car, and your first instinct is to leave. That is real bad, man. And then you lie about it, so it's you're doubling down on the mistake. You mentioned Willie McGinnis, you're thinking about the level of the charges. What about Lyle Collins? Remember, Lyle undrafted. But it was kind of by design, right? Lyle Collins was just supposed to talk to police about someone that he used to be in a relationship with, who was killed after the draft was his meeting with the police scheduled. But it came out too close to the draft for teams to interview him. He fell out. He was a top ten prospect at tackle, so a premium position, very similar to Carter. Now that news obviously came out, you know, right at the time of the draft, but. And teams panicked, didn't draft him in the first round, didn't draft him in the second round. And then his agent was like, if you don't take us in the top three rounds, don't draft us at all. And then everything kind of calmed down. The Cowboys signed him to a fully guaranteed three-year deal and got a heck of a player out of it. But the reporting on that was he wasn't even a suspect. They just wanted to talk to him. So my thing on this has been, because obviously a lot of people have talked about the Bears trading down a few spots and taking him. Yep. You need a three technique for Matt Eberflus's defense. They tried to sign Larry Joby. It fell through. Like, Jalen Carter's probably the most mocked player to the Bears up until this point. My thing has been, it feels like the range of outcomes here is anywhere from Lyell Collins to... If he is telling the truth somehow, because they are just allegations and he is fully exonerated and he went right back to the combine, it feels like he still could be the first defensive player off the board. Like I, I feel like we need a lot more information on this and teams will have very differing opinions on him after this report. I could see some people taking him off their board entirely and some people saying, well, here we go. This is the opportunity to draft the top prospect with the the troubled character and we'll bring him into our system and our environment and we'll be sure that we take care of the guy. So I I think there is a wide range of outcomes here on Jalen Carter.
1: I don't think the Collins thing will happen. I would be, it would need, we would need something, I think, that made him sound like he was almost responsible or culpable for what happened. For it to rise to that level. It's just really, really
2: bad judgment.
1: Yeah. Well, and I don't, and and look, I know that people, he's got a penchant for driving his car fast. I mean, that's, that's obvious. That's the one connection you make from the speeding ticket that you referenced. But what else about the kid's um, pattern of behavior or what else about his character is something that needs to be, Looked into. I mean, wasn't there a story out there about how the Cowboys, when they thought they got a bargain on Des Bryant in the draft, they basically like got him a babysitter. He had a handler when he was in Dallas. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, look at what was in. Now, he went in the sixth round and he didn't play at Georgia and win a national championship. But look what was on Tyreek Hill's record. When he got drafted. Right. But you know he, what I mean? He
2: he, he he was a fifth round pick.
1: Right. So I don't think we get to a point where it's the Lyle Collins extreme. Uh, I think people will be more willing to talk their way into to Carter than the other way around. Once we get past teams that have the teams that would look at the pick and say, we're really not getting a value on him. Like I could see him falling out of the top five for this reason. But then I think once you get past that point, there are teams that are like, he's too good. Yeah, He's better than anybody on our board. And, you know, we'll say, we'll get him in here. We'll make sure that he has a driver or whatever. We'll be very conscious about that. I bet he takes some kind of plea deal and does community service. Unless there's new information that comes out after this. So, but. I would be – let me just say one more thing on it. I would be now surprised for you if your team ends up drafting this guy unless they trade way down, where they're picking like ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, something like that. Yeah, well, so that that's kind of the next part of
2: it. Uh, the other big story is Adam Schefter's report that basically got confirmed by Ryan Poles, the Bears general manager – uh, Schefter said they're leaning towards trading down and polls did a hundred interviews this week and said that, you know, best case scenario is trading down and acquiring as many assets as he can because they've got a lot of holes to fill and that he really believes in Justin Fields. Still left the door open, said we're going to evaluate each quarterback. We have to do our due diligence. I, I would have to be absolutely blown away to, to make that move. But it appears all but a certainty at this point that the Bears will be trying to build around Justin Fields and trading down in the draft. And so now the question becomes, are they willing to only trade down one spot to Houston to still lock in getting the top defensive player on their board in Will Anderson and acquiring an extra mid-round pick or two? Or are they willing to really risk not getting a blue chip player at the top of this draft trading down, like you said, Carolina at 9, who we'll talk about in a little bit when we do the NFC South, and you know, taking more of a risky top pick in this draft, but maybe coming away with three or four extra picks, including an extra first-round pick or two? Oh,
1: man. I think that this is such a tough spot for the Bears because – I don't think, as of this moment, there's separation between the quarterbacks. I see mock drafts that have Anthony Richardson going with the first pick.
2: Yeah, but but well, let's let's see. I mean, uh, people are going to be listening to this on a Friday. Let let's let's see if that changes after Friday. And the you know we, there's still there's still time. Well, for Young's
1: that. not going to throw.
2: No, I know so that. So I
1: don't I don't see it. other than his height coming in. Where I mean, at five eleven or six no. feet, that's not going to happen. I mean, he's gonna no, be, he's going
2: to come in short, but I mean, may, maybe he weighs two hundred pounds. That would that would be surprising, but but I mean, here's the thing on that man. He should he weigh
1: two hundred pounds. If I were him, all I would have done for the last month was eat. That's correct. all I would have done. Correct. Just to get a weight that just okay. Well, we can live with this. Right. That's it. That so, would have been the greatest life of, in the world for the last month to be Bryce Young. I would have been eating ribeye steaks and mashed potatoes and eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at midnight every single night and drinking a lot of beer. The, the,
2: I mean, I, I agree. And there's nothing stopping you from doing that, buddy. You can balloon to any weight you want at this point. It's the beauty
1: of marriage. Um, but not smoking pot because I think they still test for that, right? Or are they done with that? Is the pot testing done and over with at the, the combine? combine? I think you might used to be have... a big part of this. Yeah, it used to be a big part of that. I think it might be done, actually. Spencer, see
2: if you can Google if they still uh, weed tested the combine. Um, That wouldn't have been good for you and me at 21 years old. No. No. Or 31. Uh, Or 31 hours ago. Uh, But the other – okay, so a lot of people are making that argument. If there's not separation in the quarterbacks – It's bad for the Bears. Do you really believe that general managers who spend hundreds of hundreds of hours on these decisions, I don't know if we've talked about this on the pod or not, I've certainly made the point on the show, that they will say, well, I've got this guy graded at a 9-2, this guy graded at a 9-1, this guy graded at an 8-9. That's all pretty close. So if the guy who's an 8-9 falls to me, I'm cool with it at franchise quarterback. Like, I, I could see that at D end. I could see that at receiver. I could see that at tackle. This is the franchise quarterback. This is the guy who you get hired or fired because of. This is the guy who speaks to the media after every game and once a week in front of your logo. Like, this is okay. the whole thing. So, like, I, I just firmly believe that these guys are going to have – a ranking of one, two, three, and four on these guys.
1: Now I understand that the Browns needed a quarterback that year, but you know, it's not like I'm trying to think of that draft with Mayfield and Darnold and Rosen and Allen and those guys, I guess two teams did move up to get the quarterbacks that they wanted. The jets moved with the Colts from what, six to three? three, yeah. To get Darnold, because they knew the Giants were probably going to take Barkley. And the Bills came up twice to make sure that they got themselves Allen. So I guess I'm bringing that up because I'm thinking like, I agree with what you said there, but, you know, if these guys do have it close, what are they going to be willing to give up to make sure that they get the guy who they have marginally rated ahead of the second guy? Is it going to be like commensurate with the Jimmy Johnson draft value chart, or is it going to be less than that? Or is it going to be more because we're talking about franchise quarterback and guys overpay for one?
2: And they always do, man. It's so fascinating because like, it's like Ryan Pace, obviously not anyone that you would want to model your strategy after, but he was so convinced that he had to have Mitch Trubisky That he traded a couple of mid round picks to move up from three to two, and he just looked at it as insurance on getting his guy. Kyle Shanahan traded up from 13 to three five weeks before the draft. So he didn't even know. I mean, he knew
1: Trevor Lawrence was going one, but he didn't know for sure that. All right, let me ask you a question about this. Yeah. If you are Ryan Pace right now, and Houston just makes you a decent offer. Ryan Poles, this, you mean? Ryan Poles,
2: yeah. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Thank you, you, Bears, for hiring a guy with the same first name and first letter of the last name with your next GM. I appreciate you doing that for everyone outside of Chicago. Dude, the like they hired the team. same name of the coach and the GM. I know. Matt Nagy to Matt Eberflus, <laughs> Ryan Pace to Ryan um, Poles. Insane. If Houston went to the Bears right now and just said, look, don't even shop this around. Just move back one spot with us. Would you do that today? No. I think that that's going to. I think that I think if I'm Houston, be- that, if I'm Houston, that's what I would be trying to do every day. We'll just throw you like a mid round, like we'll throw you a third right now. To just don't even sweat this. Just take the third, move back one spot, and don't even try to like be Custer and draft it. Just.
2: Yeah. Well, and then you could obviously trade down again after the first quarterback yeah. comes off the board, Houston, obviously won the last game of the season for no reason. And so like, there's like a little bit of the thought that there'd be some shame there uh, of trading with that team to move up, but it's a, uh, the bears are in a great spot. If, if it ends up being like that 2017 draft though, where after Friday at the combine and after the pro days, everyone's like, man, there's a lot of first round grades on these quarterbacks, but, Will Anderson is Miles Garrett. To me, that's the worst case scenario for the Bears. That no one's willing to pay the price to move to one, and Ryan Poles is stuck with like either having to take a deal like that to Houston or just standing Pat and taking a guy. Because but I, I think at worst he's taking a trade like the one you just talked about. Uh, and probably trying to hold that for a second round pick to move up one spot because he gave that second rounder up Claypool. But I think that someone's going to fall in love with someone, and we'll talk about in the AFC South, Houston at two and Indy at four, playing those teams against each other of you got to jump your division rival to get your quarterback so that you don't have to play against your quarterback, I think that means a great deal.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,